This is Turner Mining Live, where we give you a behind-the-scenes look at how we're innovating to change the game and grow a business in an ancient but still booming industry. What's up, everybody? Uh, thanks for joining us again for another episode of Turner Mining Live podcast. Uh, we're still in quarantine, week four or five. I don't know. I've lost count at this point. But uh, we're still finding ways to have fun and stay busy, stay productive. Uh, and somebody that I love and admire, uh, and I admire him in a lot of different ways, uh, but one of our own is joining us, and he's someone that's kind of transformed not only our company uh, in the year and a half or so he's been here, but someone that I think has transformed the way the industry thinks about uh, its people and showcasing its people, uh, somebody that's transformed how marketing happens in the construction and mining industry, um, and just an awesome storyteller, content creator, uh, producer, all that. We got the gorgeous Zach Stenton. Uh, welcome, Zach. What's up, brother? What's happening, man? Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. So there's a lot of people that see your stuff that probably don't, um, may maybe don't know you or know what you do every day. Uh, you don't get anywhere near the recognition you deserve like a few other folks out there in the industry that do what you do. But tell, tell some people maybe that follow your content and don't know who you are, what you're doing, uh, what your role is here, and uh, what made you decide to come on board however long ago that's been now. It seems like yesterday. I know. I think it's about a, a year ago that I've joined, just over a year. But yeah, I'd say my primary function within the company is person out on site, collecting the content, doing all the editing, producing, and basically submitting. I mean, I work directly with Tracy O'Brien, our chief marketing officer, and Jess Sweeten, she's our marketing content manager. And so I think with the two of them, we just try and bring you guys or bring everyone some of the best content out there. So I would say probably, you know, looking back a year ago, whenever I first uh, decided to make the decision to come over and join Turner Mining Group, um, it was just, I saw something within the company itself that really attracted me. And I think that it was something that I hadn't really seen. And I had been around you know, I'm one of the older guys in the company and so there was just you know there was a passion with the leadership you know and there was something about the people that I saw working with Turner Mining Group that really was attractive to me and I remember sitting there when I first met you guys and this was before I you know was even considering joining Turner Mining Group but I, I sat there and thought man I bet that would be a great place to work so yeah that's kind of a nutshell what I do I mean, a year later, here you are. I, you know, I wonder if you originally had thought we were crazy with some of the stuff we were doing. Because people, I mean, you look back even two years ago, people weren't really marketing um, construction or mining businesses on social media, right? They were, they were, they were paying for ads in magazines um, and help wanted ads in newspapers and so on and so forth. But people weren't really using Instagram. Uh, or LinkedIn as a tool to kind of recruit people or drive new business. And so, you know, I'll never forget the first time you came on site. Uh, you, you were doing some uh, moonlighting for WIT at the time. And I remember this gorgeous human being walking on site. And I thought, I got to figure, I got to figure out who this guy is. And you happened to be, you know, a really good dude. All of our people loved you. And then you, you put out this amazing um, three or four minute video for us. And I'll never forget, you know, to me, it just kind of clicked. It was like, yeah, this has got to be the future of marketing in this industry. Because I thought it was cool watching the videos and seeing the pictures. But so many, so many other people thought it was cool. I don't know. What did, what did you think when you first, like, thought of the concept or came to our site to capture stuff for social media? Did you think it was going to work? I mean, just from seeing what you guys had already done, I thought it would work. Yeah. Um, and what's what's crazy is just kind of how it all started for me, even meeting you guys, which is a story I don't think many people know. Um, I was working in construction prior to joining you guys, and I had 
just randomly started doing some marketing for the company I was working with, you know, um, had a hobby that was into photography and into, you know, using drones and doing aerial photography and video and creating videos. And so I started doing a little bit of work for that company. Um, just on just, you know, when I had spare time. So afternoons on the way home, stop by site, get some cool pictures, started using those photos and created all of the social accounts for the company I used to work for. And um, from that, that's kind of where I met Aaron Witt. He reached out to me on LinkedIn and said, hey, you know, are you the guy that's uh, doing all these pictures and videos for this company? And I was like, yeah, you know, but I mean, I, I. I thought it would work. And just from the company I used to work for do, in that small amount of time, I was doing this marketing stuff. I mean, the owner of the company was coming to me and saying, Hey man, you know, the video you made last week, like I'm at church and people from our church group are coming in and they're seeing these videos and they're like coming up to me and saying how cool it is. And so, you know, that kind of triggered it for me. Like, yeah, it's actually working pretty well. And like you said, no one was really doing it. So why, why do you think that more companies, uh, in our space specifically, don't do that. Why don't people go find a Zach Stenton? One, you're a unicorn, but why don't people go find people like you, pay them some money to take pictures, showcase their people, show them off, and show what they're doing and how fun it can be or how hard it is? Or Why don't people share more in your perspective? That's a good question. Probably fear. You know, there's probably some kind of a fear out there that maybe what gets shown isn't going to be you know, it could be violations for some kind of a reason, OSHA or something, or maybe they're, I don't, I don't really have a good answer for that. I mean, from what I've seen and how well it's working for other companies and us specifically, I don't really have a good answer for that. I'm not too sure why people are afraid to do it. Well, it's, it's funny timing. Tracy got her hand slapped this week. Um, because we were, you know, we had done some marketing that didn't quite jive with one of our clients' corporate, um, I don't even know if it's a written policy. I don't know if Thomas or Tracy would be able to tell us. But I, to me, it's crazy because some of our most vulnerable content where we talk about, you know, areas we've struggled or failed or uh, the people challenges or we had a project that didn't go right, that, that kind of vulnerability has connected the most with the audience, the, the masses, the other people running small businesses. Uh, we haven't even had clients reach out to me directly. I had a client reach out just a few weeks ago that said, hey, because of your content, you guys have pushed me to decide to leave X company. I won't name the company, but leave this company, a client of ours, and go start my own thing. And so, you know, it's so weird to me that, that um, people haven't realized how much you can connect not only with your own workforce, but just the broader public when you put out content like you're doing, capturing the heart and soul of people and working hard and showing up and dealing with the BS. Like, it, people connect with people, you know? And I think, you, I think that's one of the things you do the best at is showing uh, – you know, connecting us with the people, some of these guys and gals I haven't even met on our sites, you know? Yeah, I would say so too. I mean, that's, that's the big thing. And, and to me personally, I love the connection that is filled, that is felt around the company, you know, like from guy to guy, or from site to site, you know, and being able to pump our people up and let them know what's happening from site to site. So it's, it's, it's awesome. When you, when you walk on site, uh, and you have it in a few weeks, we've been quarantined, but when, when things go back to normal or even prior to, when you walk on site, do people get, do our guys get like freaked out? I mean, how, cause I haven't been on site with you in a long time, but what, how do people act when you come on with a video camera or whatever? Oh man, it varies. It varies from site to site. I can say this, that the more I'm around, the longer I'm around, the more the time that I spend with our people, the easier it gets for sure. I mean, yeah. Even, even for me, if I try and put myself in their shoes sometimes and even doing what we're doing right now, like this is super awkward for me being on this side of the camera. So I get it for sure. Um, and I've told I Tracy try. from day one, when Tracy first came on, I said, we got to get more of Zach's beautiful face on camera. <laughs> so this is one I, small step in the right direction. You keep on. I heard what you were saying to Jared, you know, on this last podcast, you know, I have to edit all of these. So I mean, you're, <laughs> you're kind of, you're sugaring up everybody, man. You know, I'm not. I'm not feeling this special anymore. 
but yeah, he's a good looking guy too. You know, I, he is man. He's a stud. Australian. Dude, he's a he's a he's a rock star man for sure. How do you, uh, because you see all these different people, and you've met you've met a lot of our people, um, and you've you've kind of talked to them in a way that you know I I wouldn't or Thomas wouldn't or even their their boss on site their project manager. What what would you say to you know maybe you visited a West Coast crew and not an East Coast crew in a while, and there's all these different vibes. You know there's and, and people that jump from coast to coast or crew to crew would say the same thing. It's like, oh, it's a little bit different culture here than where I came from previously. What would you say to the effect of culture, uh, and specifically our culture, crew to crew? How much does it change? Like, do we, are we the same everywhere? Is the vibe a little different? What do you, what's, what do you think? I would say it's, man, it's not really the same from side to side. And I think there's a lot of variables that go into account for that. Um, you know, you got, we have sites in California where the weather's generally nice. When I show up there, it's, you know, 70, 80 degrees, pretty nice temperatures. Material seems to be pretty easy to work with. Yeah. And then you go up to the north, you know, northern United States, and it's freezing cold. The, t- the material's super hard. Guys are struggling. It's raining. It's wet. So I think, I think, you know, just the site itself can really determine what the culture is like. I mean, I think that's a big factor, but. I think, I mean, really, I think overall, I think we're very similar if you look at the people that we have from side to side. I feel like if you were to, you know, bring everyone together and look at them as a whole, I'd say we're all pretty similar. Yeah. The stories, I think there's a lot of similar stories out there. And yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think as we grow also, it's, it's, it's going to be tough for us to, you know, maintain what's, what we started as. Yeah, I mean, culture's tough. You know, I was telling somebody the other day, I'm like, you know, when you have seven or eight people, when you start as a small business, you know, the cult, you can pretty easily impact the culture of those seven or eight guys. You know, you show up with the pizza, you just made eight guys happy. But yeah. when you grow to be a bigger company, uh, you show up with the pizza to one crew, the other three, four, five, 10, 15 crews don't get a pizza, and they see that on Instagram or wherever. That's a, yeah. that's a real thing. And so, you know, a lot of people you know, will go speak at these trade shows uh, and, and stuff, stuff like Con Expo, and people ask these questions, you know, what are the, what's, what's the downside to social media? A lot of people think like, oh, well, you're going to have all these safety violations or you're going to have these uh, clients that their corporate policies don't agree with them. To me, the biggest downside to social media is people feeling left out. It's no different than you're a nine-year-old girl that didn't get invited to the birthday party or you're the 39-year-old dude who's running a crew, busting your balls every week forever, and you don't get love from Zach Stenton, but the crew on the West Coast did. You know, it's it's a real interesting dynamic that I never took into account when I thought about social media marketing and having some awesome dude produce all this content. You can't. You cannot showcase every single one of our people uh, the same amount of screen time, the same amount of love, and so people just inherently get left out. You know, I I think that's the biggest challenge of social media. But I don't know. You get a lot more DMs probably than I do these days. What do you? What feedback do you get, good or bad, in that regard? That's yeah. I mean, you're you're spot on. Uh, and there's there's been a couple of occasions where I was actually planning to hit east coast it didn't work out for weather or one reason or another right and i know that the east coast crews haven't got much love that's actually east coast if you're listening i'm coming um (laughs) you just made a lot of people really happy (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i mean it's i I have heard that you know it just so happened that i was at our uh, one of our bigger projects in california and there was uh, i went there you know one month and a month later, I was planning to go back to another site that happened to be pretty close to that one. And it just, man, it just worked out where things weren't happening at the place I was supposed to be going. So I got diverted back to that big site that we were working at. And, you know, it seems like I'm focusing or we're as a company focusing all of our attention on this one crew, you know, or this one site that happened to work day and night. Um, so a couple crews, but not really is not the case. You know I mean? I'm, I'm, I want to get out. I want to meet all of our people. I mean, I want to showcase everybody and, um, 
Well, I think there's a huge misconception how much time it takes, not only just to capture the content, but then yeah. you have to edit and produce. And, like, I'm thinking that when, you, when you're talking about visiting people, I'm thinking of Albert. Like, Albert's somebody that Wit caught on camera back early, like 2017, and they were some yep. of my favorite pictures because you see Albert on camera smoking a cig, drinking a coffee in the morning. <laughs> Those are some of the best pictures, the most dear to my heart because it was early on. But Albert's not been getting any love like in two years, you know, and know. he's not the type of guy to call and say, Hey, why don't I get on your social? You know, he'd never do that. I, hey, I gotta know? say, I've, I've reached out to Albert. He hasn't called me back a couple of times, so I just got to show up. I you feel, just need you to know. surprise Albert. He'd probably cuss you up and down, but uh, you know, I know. I, it's, it's tough not only to, to travel to all the corners of the country, but it's also tough to edit and produce and turn this stuff out and then monitor it once it's out. You know, you get all kinds of people posting comments. I mean, I think half the reason some of these small businesses aren't, you know, utilizing social media as far as marketing efforts go, they're worried about what their people are going to say. They're worried about what their people are going to comment or post or, you know, God forbid someone posts a picture on Facebook that the company doesn't want out there. Like we read it, we read, we were given a, a talk and one of these people, one of these ladies stood up at, at the end after we gave her a little spiel about social media marketing. And she said, well, you know, yeah, but you don't realize we have some idiots out there in the field that would post bad things or crude things. And I'm like, ma'am, with all due respect, every company out there has idiots working for them. There's just, that's just the fact. Like there's yeah. not one company that has all saints working for them that are never going right. to do or say anything non-offensive. Uh, and so, you know, this day and age, society gets so offended about so many things. And, yeah, we, you know, have to police a little bit what's going on out there. We can't have people posting pictures, hanging off equipment unsafe and all that. But I think the fear of not posting because of that some of that stuff just cripples people as opposed to letting it go. I mean, I don't know. Have we ever had an issue – since I mean, you've been on a year, but we've been doing this for three years. I, you know, we were yeah. doing it very, um, I would say, a lot less professional before you came on. Have we ever had any big issues that you can recall where people, and I know I've got one. I don't know if you were on then. I've got one that I want to tell. But have you ever had any issues beyond then? Man, no. Not, nothing I can think of. I mean, there's maybe been one or two times where, I've got, you know, maybe a safety guy, one of our safety guys call and say, hey, you know, that's a little bit risque what you're posting. But to be honest, I mean, the good thing I think for us or for Turner Mining Group when I joined was that being in construction, I typically know a lot of the things that probably shouldn't be showing if there were. I mean, we yeah. do pretty much everything perfect. But just saying, if there was something we were doing that was risque, I wouldn't be posting it. Well, this is a funny story. And I don't, I might have told this to a few people in the past. I don't know if it's been on here. Uh, there was a new guy that came on to one of our sites, and it was a tough site, bad weather, and this dude has a personality larger than life. And I don't know, it was probably his first or second week working for us, and the crew was down, morale was down, production was down, and so he was trying to kind of lift some spirits. And so I'm laying in bed one night, I don't know, 10.30 or so at night, and I'm scrolling and one of the new people I just happened to click follow on is has posted a picture on Instagram of him standing on a rock the size of a Volkswagen, standing on the top of it, butt naked, taking a dump. And this is on, <laughs> this is on Instagram. I don't know how many people are on Instagram, but it's, uh, there's hundreds of millions of people on Instagram. And so lot, yeah. um, I immediately phoned the guy in charge of the site, and I said, this guy is fired immediately. Take the picture down. <laughs> I cannot believe somebody would actually post something like that. The guy is still with us today. He's one of our best guys. The picture was um, him, A, not knowing that we have some standards here with our company. I don't know where he <laughs> came from. He's a solid guy. But, you know, to me, no harm, no foul. I mean, even if the client would have seen it and called, I mean, yeah, Hey, client, that's not professional. I get it. It's not something that we're encouraging our people to go post naked pictures of themselves, you know, of, you know, of themselves on, on site. But 
we lived through it. The kid lived through it. He learned. He's one of our best dudes. He still does funny things, not naked things, but he still does funny things to boost morale when he needs to. Like, you know, I don't, I guess I don't know um, what the big risk is in putting it all out there and dealing with some of the fray as it comes. I mean, we just, I guess we've been fortunate. That's probably the only thing I could even think of that I've ever had to tell someone to take down. Um, you know, my, my sister mentioned something to me this morning. She's like, do you guys ever get just nasty reviews or bad reviews or disgruntled employees? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We've hired oh, yeah. and fired a lot of people over three years. But, yeah. you know, life goes on. It, you know, if people are, are going to lose sleep over something like that. I don't know. I just... I'd rather have the bad reviews to show people, yeah, we are human. We are a real company. We don't get it right every single time. We might have screwed somebody over unintentionally somewhere, but you know what? I get all kinds of comments on my stuff um, and a lot more on LinkedIn. I pay a lot more attention to LinkedIn these days than Instagram. It's just a yeah. demographic that I, I tend to have more fun with these days. And the almost the only comments I acknowledge are the real bad ones, the real nasty ones, you know, the people that have uh, hate or nasty things to say. And part of the reason I do it is I know there's got to be something going on in that person's heart that is screwed up for them to have that kind, that level of hate to post, so. to post something negative on somebody else's stuff. Like, what kind of person do you have to be to go out of your way, take time out of your day, to post something nasty on somebody else's stuff that adds no value to the conversation, you know? And so what I try to do is I try to shine some light on that person. And hopefully at the end of the day, when they lay down in bed at night, they can kind of have a self intervention to say, you know what? I was an idiot today. I was a jerk. Why do I have to be that way? You know, I, I don't know how, what, how many, how many bad or nasty, reviews or comments or dms do we get on the turner stuff that when you when you manage it well it's funny that you say that i mean we don't get direct messages on linkedin right mostly it's just it's just all comments and so we don't see any of that which is what i what i take out of that is you know when they dm you that's more private they're not willing to submit that same kind of text out in the open public where people can actually see that right so that kind of tells you about their character right there but you know, we do get some DMs on um, LinkedIn, or I'm, I'm sorry, uh, on Instagram. And, you know, for the most part, they're not, most of the time, it's people trying to get hired on. That's, I mean, I would say that's probably 90% of the stuff we get. Facebook, we do have some negative reviews, but if I'm not, I'm not 100% sure, but I would say I, the ones that are negative, I bet 90% of those are people that used to work here and probably they got fired or just had a bad experience. Yeah. Things didn't work out. So, I mean, take it for what it is. Yeah. I mean, I, so I buy a lot of stuff uh, on Amazon, like the rest of the world does these days. And I'll go to Yelp when I want to go to a restaurant. I'll re I, I'm a big review guy. I want to yeah. look at the reviews. I rarely ever look at the good reviews. Hardly ever. I'm always looking at the bad ones. Because Same in way. my mind, what I'm doing is, okay, I'm filtering out, is this person just a negative person who didn't like the product because they ordered the wrong thing for their needs or they ordered the wrong meal? You know, they ordered yep. fish at a burger place or whatever. Uh, and, and the other times, I'm, I'm wanting to know, okay, this is a negative review with some real uh, critical feedback to whoever they're leaving the review to. That's the stuff I want to know. Like, I bet you there are people out there that have left us either nasty grams or negative comments or negative reviews that there is a nugget of information that we should consider as a company. Like, yeah, we, um, yank somebody around the country too much and one project and the next and the next. And so they got fed up and they quit or they got fired, whatever. Like that's good feedback that we should take, you know, as a company and do something about, but man, the, there is so much just, unhappiness and negativity from people out there um and it's unfortunately a lot louder usually than the good stuff you know it's a shame because there's so you know the good people are normally pretty quiet because they're having fun with life you know they're they're yeah. good they're not taking their time 
to say how good they are. They're just, they're good. But the bad ones, they want everyone else, you know, they, they're going to they're gonna rain on everyone else's good day. So, I don't know. I was curious how, how much bad stuff we get. I, I don't see that much, surprisingly. I really, I wouldn't say it's much. So, for the people, I guess for the people that listen, that are afraid to put themselves or their companies out there, it's not that bad. You know, it's it's nothing that uh, that we can't tolerate. You know, aside from a naked picture or two, it's it's pretty mild. Um, but let's transition. I, you know, you are someone that came from a construction background, and you had a hobby or a passion for um, photography, filmmaking, editing, production. You're kind of a techie guy anyway, and so you started doing it on on the side. And it turned out you could actually make a living doing it. How should other kids think about that? Because I know there's a lot of kids that are doing something they may not love. And they have this kind of passion on the side. And they're probably thinking, "Ah, I don't know that I could actually make a living. I don't know. Did you think you could make a living doing what you're doing? You know, I knew that people were making a living doing it. I never really thought it was something I would pursue as a full-time gig. I mean, I was happy where I was. I was happy in the, in the role that I had. I worked for a great company, had a good boss, um, made great money. I mean, I was, I was content. You know, the, the passion I had for photography and filmmaking, it was, it was something really that, um, at least at this point in my life, was really centered around my kids. And I knew that I didn't want to have just cell phone pictures of my kids, you know? I mean, I had always done things outside of um or I had always done something similar to photography and videography but it was it was really at least lately more centered around my my kids and wanting to have great content of them growing up so that one day I could look back on it and share with them and just look at our life as as things evolved and as we grew as a family um but I mean for for people that are out there that are interested in it I mean it's it's there's there's a a plethora of information out there on the internet these days. I mean, you can learn everything that I've learned and I've done is all self-taught. I mean, it's stuff that I've spent time watching on YouTube or reading manuals or reading books, trying to figure things out or how to make an image look great or a video look cool or how an effect works. I mean, it's all out there and it's all free. I'm not saying. So you haven't had any, you haven't had any formal training or any of that. No, no, nothing. It's uh, it's all self-taught stuff. I mean, see, I'm not saying isn't that weird that especially during times like now where all the colleges are shut down, all the high schools and middle schools are shut down. Um, and there are a lot of people, I, I guess they're kind of doing two things as a student right now. You're either chilling and playing video games and that's about it. Or you're actually taking the time to develop some sort of skill. Like you're telling me that you took your own personal time to learn about a hobby that you're now doing as a full-time gig. And, and you and I have talked about this and I hate to even say this cause I'm selfish, but you could do this on your own someday making a gazillion dollars. Like that to me is crazy because so many kids are going to college, spending this money. They're borrowing this money to learn something that a, they're not passionate about, but B they're not doing in their spare time. Anyway, it's one thing yeah. to go to college to learn something. You know, if you're into winemaking, Alice, uh, she, you know, she took some UC Davis classes because she's into winemaking. If she yeah. went to college and went in debt to go to college to do something that she is super passionate about that she wants to do in her free time, I 100% support that. But why go to college spending money and time and energy doing something that you're not crazy about? You're just hoping to make enough money in your career to then pay for the stuff that you're passionate about outside of it. It's wild concept to me. I just don't understand it. I don't understand it either. There's so much information out there. I mean, I'm not saying, hey, if you're into going to film school or something, to go ahead and skip that because that's a great avenue as well. But, you know, there's it's not just for filmmaking or photography. There's so much free information out there these days. I mean, it's called the University of YouTube for a reason. Yeah. There's, a ton, there's a ton of stuff out there. Yeah, I know. Right, I know. right at your fingertips. And especially now, like you said, sitting here, you have a lot. There's a ton of people that are having they have a lot of free time right now. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would say if you're listening to this and, and aren't in love with your day job and can't wait to get back at it once this quarantine's over, like you should probably be 
spending this free time to double down on your passion and figure out how to monetize. Uh, but I want to switch gears a little bit more because I don't want to waste all of our time. How, what's, what's next? Like, what's the next thing? I know, I know there's a lot of people that listen to this that are, that are in small business or, uh, or maybe, you know, are doing some marketing for a big business, whatever, you know, I've kind of told you and Tracy, you know, for a long time, it was images, it was images and, and some kind of good copywriting or storytelling that captured some attention. And then we saw the shift to short video and, you know, Instagram had the one minute video and then they went to the longer video. And now you're seeing, um, you know, on LinkedIn, you're seeing a lot more video content than you are images or, or at least uh, historically. What what is the next thing? A lot of people are going to want to get ahead of the curve as far as marketing goes. And I think one of the things we've done really well is marketing Um but I'm always focused on what's next and how to get ahead of the curve. And so, you know, video is still awesome. What you produce and put out there is amazing, especially the stories of our people, kind of the deep dive, a little bit longer form. I love it. In your perspective, if someone were to get ahead of something in a small business as far as, uh, you know, online uh, or social marketing, what do you think's coming? What's cool? Man, that's a really good question. And I'm not sure I have the best answer for it. But I mean, I, th- I think what we do and what we continue to do is continue highlighting our people and showcasing our people. I mean, that's, that's a big part of it, I think. But I mean, we're, we're going to try and stay ahead of what's happening out there. And one of the things I'll, t- I'll tell you, because I've been paying a lot of attention to this. And I think the one of the best pieces of content we've put out in the last I don't know, 30, 45 days was when you were in your backyard uh, on the Turner account doing the selfie with your cell phone, telling people who you were, what you do. A lot of people never seen your face. Like they see all your content, hundreds of thousands of people a week, never saw the guy behind the camera. I was literally an hour or two ago on my TV, a Walmart ad came up as I was typing something in. And the only reason I paid attention to it was the CEO of Walmart did the same thing you did. He took his camera phone and this was on, this was on TV. He took his camera phone and he, he was kind of speaking out a message about the state of the union of Walmart and how they're there to support people in these weird times. And that was their, that was their ad. I don't know how much they paid for that space on TV. It was a lot. And so, um, I think there's been a lot of really cool, pieces of content, whether they're famous actors, actresses, um, uh, athletes, you know, they've been doing a lot more like one-on-one personal talking. Yeah. Talking into the camera, something I'm not very good at. I've, I've done a little bit of it, but, uh, and, and Dave Portnoy with Barstool, like with all this, this unboxing thing he's been doing has been hilarious, but it's, I don't know. It feels like you're sitting in the room with him laughing with him as he's doing this personal stuff. So something that I think, um, and I know this is really hard for a lot of people because I struggle with this. Like I don't want people in my private space and I don't uh, want people to really know what's going on behind the scenes or what I'm doing day to day. But I think people are really connecting with like the personal one-on-one, like in your face, you know, content. It seems to be doing really well. No, I agree. I mean, that's that's something we've talked about. We're going to keep on pumping out we're gonna have a lot of new stuff coming i guarantee you but um when you look at who's on our team and who i have in my corner i mean we're gonna be bringing it i guarantee you and it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting and it's gonna be stuff that people haven't seen before guarantee yeah i i don't doubt it a bit and i i can't wait to see more um you know more personal stuff of our guys and gals because there's i mean that's the fun part the the I think the negative part is the equipment content does so well because there's so many equipment fanatics out there. I love the people part, you know, um, it's, you know, it's a, it's a challenge to get the right balance of both, but the storytelling and the connecting with people and the, and the personal stuff, I think super fun. So what do you do for fun? Because we want to get to know you. This is a little bit about you. What, what is Zach Stent? I know you work a lot. You haven't been traveling as much now lately. So what give give people an inside look into who the heck Zach Stinton is away from TMG and all the craziness here. What do you do? I would I, say I, not 
95% of my life is consumed outside of TMG. 95% of my life is consumed by four young, young children. I have, you probably hear them in the background during this because I'm recording my set, my uh, part of this podcast at my house in my office with the doors closed, but you can still hear them out there. So yeah, I mean, I have uh, four young kids, got two sets of twins. I have twin daughters. They're six, just turned six, and I have twin sons. They're about to be four. So we went from zero to four in two years, and that's that's a big part of my life right now. It's uh, it's hard, but it's it's you know this is the best thing that's ever happened to me for sure. It's it's, it's amazing. Um, when I'm when I'm not, not trying to wrangle these knuckleheads, um, yeah, catch me at catch me at the local uh, fishing hole. You know, be on the lake, playing around the golf. If I still lived in Colorado, be on the mountain. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just just really just a normal guy, just pretty straightforward. How do you? I know you don't live on the road, um, but you, you. I would say you live a pretty similar life to a lot of business people in the way of travel. You know, in normal times, I know now is a little different. How do you and your wife? Because I know there's a lot of people that listen to this who are probably dealing with the same type of thing you are. Maybe not four, maybe not two sets of twins, but <laughs> how do you, how do you guys handle the travel? Because you travel a lot, you know. And then when you're not traveling, you know, you're you're producing and you're editing and all that. Yeah. Like, how does that how does that work for you guys? Well, I mean, I think last year was kind of, I think it was like our test run. You know, how would things work out? And I think it wasn't really like a set schedule for me traveling. I mean, it was kind of. It was kind of really, you guys kind of left up to me. And even when Tracy was brought in, um, it was still, you know, her and I collab a lot, but it was still kind of left up to me about how often I thought I could get away and uh, be away from my family. So, um, you know, it was last year I was traveling maybe every other week. And I think the idea before this whole um, COVID-19 thing happened was that I would probably be on the road, at least traveling less, but, you know, on site more. So I would, I would travel less amount of times and be on site for a longer duration of time. So that would be good for a lot of different reasons. You know, I could travel less and then just be able to capture more when I'm at a particular site. Because last year I hit, I had a pretty decent amount of sites. So, yeah. And, you know, we're a company that's obviously invested into what you're doing, what Tracy's doing on the marketing front and telling, telling our story and all that. Um, you know, I think there are other small to medium-sized companies that might have trouble stomaching the expense of, you know, the I guess maybe the level that we've gone to as far as marketing and content capturing and all that. Yeah. How do you feel? Because uh, there was one time where we used Wit for all of our stuff. How, yep. how? What's your take on how you feel about outsourcing marketing and um what I would say kind of, uh, social content, uh, pictures, videos, all that. I mean, it's, it's fairly easy to outsource. It's fairly expensive to do in house. I think you get a little bit, be- a little bit, I won't say better, a little bit different product, both approaches. What, how, how do you feel about that? I mean, it depends, I think on your, your company to begin with. I mean, if you guys are if you're just someone that's just stepping into maybe the idea of marketing, I think outsourcing is probably a good idea. I think it depends on how hard you want to charge it. You know, if you're really wanting to go full blast and try and get the most out of it, then probably in-house is something to definitely consider. But if you're just really trying to, to test the waters and see how it's going to work out, then I would say outsourcing is okay. I mean, it's something that even we've kind of thrown around a little bit with how much we want to do this next coming year. And, um, know what one person like myself can really achieve so we've we've kind of thrown it around well it's it's tough whether you outsource it or do it in-house it's tough to do a great job if you don't have an awesome story to tell and I think the one thing you've done so well is capture our story uh Wit did it very well when we were using him but you know I think the story part of it is, and, and kind of the mission and values um, are, are a real big part of it because you can hire the best marketing company out there and they can make you look great on the surface, but then people come into your company and they get a bill of goods that's, you know, a big lie. Um, and so the, I think the story 
not that we get it right all the time because we for sure don't, but the story that you tell of our people when you capture, you know, um, you know the last the last uh, the last person you did was Aaron Rhodes. You know, it was an awesome story, or and and Ben Schwanberg, ben, you know. Yeah. Yep. Awesome story. Ben coming from the field to you know to the staff and and doing all the estimating. Um, those are fun stories and it's awesome to see. But I don't know. I what I would say to any small to medium sized business is it's really tough. It's really tough to make an impact on marketing and content if the story and the values and the mission of the company aren't like aren't the heartbeat. You know. I guess just to talk about like what it means to me. For to be on the site, like with our people and like trying to, trying to tell their story, you know, that's the big part of the, the whole reason that I wanted to be on and the big reason. Well, I'm let's just that. stop you right there. Why? I mean, you left a good gig, right? You, you were working for a, a contractor in Texas. You had an awesome job. You had an awesome salary. What, what, when you saw a guy like me with a young startup that is probably sketchy at that time, that was 2018, I think. 2008, late yeah. 2018. Yep. Um, it wasn't a surefire thing back then to come on as a salaried guy in your role and just skyrocket. So, what made you even want to come on board? What made you make the switch? I mean, what made me want to make the switch? I would probably say is just. I mean, when when I went to when I first met you guys in 2018, the fall of 2018, and I went. I think to three or four different sites. Um, I know we kind of had an agenda, Aaron and I did, to record and video a bunch of people. And then I knew we were coming to meet with you to do an interview type recording with you and some of the leadership team, right? But I just would, I would kind of bullshit with some of the guys that I met in the field. That's just kind of my personalities. I like to, you know, BS with the guys. And so I would just, you know, it'd be Aaron B talking to a couple guys and I'd just start talking to the operators and some of the truck drivers that are out there. And we just started going at it you know and every person i talked to their their answer was always the same when i would ask them you know like what's it work what's it like working at turner mining group their answer was always the same it's like man it's a great company they treat us well got good leadership team i love being here you know and from site to site that's what it was and you know to, to hear that repeating repeated over and over again it was something that you know work for good companies but it's to hear that across the board that's just not very common and so that is what really triggered me to even consider it when you guys approached me to come and join you know i was like i was kind of already thinking that maybe this would be a a good company to work for it seems like got some pretty good people in leadership roles might be all right this paid ad is sponsored by turner mining group (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's that's great i mean but it's the truth man it's i just sitting there just just sitting there and even that last day, the last day I was there and I was saying goodbye to you. I remember you, you kind of shook my hand like, Hey, you know, we're always looking for good people. <laughs> you know, yeah. you want to join Turner Mining Group, you know, and, and yeah. to be honest, like my thought wasn't anything to do with the media or social media or marketing or anything. My thought was, Hey, I wonder if they need some help with some engineering or maybe I could come in as, you know, a 3d model builder or something like that. It wasn't in marketing. I was thinking, something completely different. So it's just kind of crazy how it worked out. Yeah. Well, what I'm curious, um, because you've seen so many of our people now and there's a, and I say this line to a lot of people, Hey, if you ever thinking about making a switch, we're always looking for good people. I, I literally said that to a guy an hour ago on the phone. What is different now? You've been in it a year. So, you know, you've seen the good, the bad, the ugly, uh, we look a certain way and there's a lot of hype around what we're doing on the outside looking in. And I know a lot of people think that, oh, this is a bunch of hype. You get in there and they, you know, they pull the cover over your eyes, whatever. What, how do you feel now after a year of it? After a year, it's, it's, I'd say it's more than what I expected. You know, I wasn't sure it was a young company, you know, and there was a risk for me to leave a good job and a good boss and good money, right. To join a company that's two years old and, you know, just to take that leap of faith. But after, after being in for a year, I mean, it's, it's been, it's been everything I expected and probably more. And I'm not just saying that because I'm on the podcast with the boss, right? Like it's, if, if I take a step back and look at the people that are, you know, that have joined Turner Mining Group and the people that work for Turner Mining Group, and you look at each 
of the individuals that are here. Like, man, we have some people that are, they're incredible to work with. They're like you say, you know, 1500 times a day, they're good human beings, right? Like we have a solid, solid group of people and we have a solid group of people that are in the right roles. You know, yeah. if you look at the top down and it's, it's, it's great, man. I, I, I love being here and it's, uh, it's special. Well, the one thing I have encouraged you to do, and, and I've encouraged Tracy here lately, um, and I encourage a lot of our people to do it. There's so many people that are talented and passionate and just awesome people that come here and they kind of get swallowed up by the TMG logo or the TMG flag, and they don't really take the credit for themselves because they're awesome at what they do, whether you're an awesome project manager, you know, the, the McClellan type guys, or you're awesome at marketing and content like you, you and Tracy, there, there are a lot more times I want to see you. And I've told you this, like, I want to see your name on stuff. You know, I love that you rep TMG and I love that you produce content and you make us look awesome. There aren't enough people that know who Zach Stenton is, you know, um, th they're, there aren't enough people that know how amazing Tracy is and what she's done in the amount of time that she's been here. And so it makes For me sure. feel good to have awesome people. Um, but I, I, I told you this a while back, we had a one-on-one -on -one conversation over a beer or something. And I'm like, dude, you, you could go work for any company or start your own company and get paid a whole lot more than we can pay you in a year or two's time, if you can start taking some of the credit now, like what you've done here, people notice, like people are seeing the content that you're putting out in the same way I saw it two years ago or a year ago, um, and stole you for our, for myself and, and for the betterment of Turner mining group, there are companies that want that same thing. And, you know, selfishly, yeah, I'm going to compete to keep you, uh, when other people want you, but I'm also going to say, Hey man, if, if, this is a better thing for you to go start your own company. You've got no bigger supporter than me. And I just truly believe that, you know, I, I think you're super talented. So I'm, I'm appreciate as big that. a fan as anybody. I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's difficult. Um, and I, I think anybody in marketing would probably say the same thing. When you, when you rep a brand all day, every day, it's kind of hard. And I, I mean, i I feel like I'm kind of a humble guy. Like I, being in the spotlight is not something that I'm really uh, needing, I would say. Yeah, but, well, but I appreciate that. What do you want? What do you want people to know? There's a there's a lot of people that don't know you that well, or don't get to hear your voice, the Zach Stinton voice. They hear the Zach Stinton through the Turner Mining channels. But what yeah. if there? Whether there are people or uh, just people listening to this, um, you know that you want to get a message out. Uh, it could be anything. Is there anything out there that you just want people to know, whether it's about you and what you're doing about us and what we're doing? Um, you know, anything like that. I would say if you're with us, you know, like, I mean, I personally feel like the internal reach is a big, a big part for me. That's, that's what I care about the most. I mean, it's cool that we reach a ton of people. It's cool that we have 50 plus thousand followers on Instagram. All that stuff is great. Right. But, um, personally, I, I care about the people that work, that work at Turner mining group, you know, and I just, I want them to know that, uh, you know, the reason I'm here and I think the reason you guys have me here is to really showcase what it is that they do in the field every day on the, you know, just out there killing it, tough conditions. Things are crappy, sucks, hard, hard work. Um, but just know that, hey, I'm, I'm still, I'm coming. I'm, I'll be around hopefully when this thing ends. And um, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Be, being on the other side of the camera and doing what we've done the last, I don't know, 45, 60 minutes, whatever it's been, knowing how our people feel now out in the field when they get a camera pointed in their face. Yeah. How, can you tell people to be a little less shy? Can you no, tell people to like open up a little bit when you show up? And I, I would, I would say this, I, I would say that as soon as this whole COVID-19 thing finally lifts and I'm free and we're all free just to kind of do our thing that, um, 
I'll, I'll be around, I'll be on sites and I'll meet people and I'll be able to spend more time with them and get to know them better. And I think if you look at us two years from now, three years from now, 10 years from now, I mean, if things are going this, the way they're going now, like it's just going to be that much easier. I mean, yeah, this is tough for me to sit here and look at this camera pointing directly at my face and record myself. I mean, this is super uncomfortable and I get that. Um, that's, that's why a lot of times when I go on set, I try and get to know the people first before I just whip the camera out and just shove it right in their face, right? Because it's super awkward. It makes them feel awkward. I'm awkward just watching them be awkward. So um, I get it. I get it. Um, but if, you know, a couple of years from now, as I get to know all these guys and we're pumping out tons of material, then I think it'll just make things a lot easier. And I think the material is just going to come. I think it's just going to flow. Well, this is on... Um it's on record both both uh, visually and audio, and so this will <laughs> exist forever uh, out there on the web. And I think it's really cool uh, content for us to kind of look back in 10 years, whether you're with us or doing your own thing, making zillions of dollars. I think it's really cool just to have this, you know. It captures part of our journey, and we're only so three years into what's hopefully a long journey for us. So. I love it, and I, you know, I've said this to some other people, and I mean it every time I say it. I think you're one of the most critical parts to the journey so far. It, I don't think we would be anywhere close to where we are without you. Um, I don't think there's anyone close to capturing the video content and and producing it uh, out there that you do. And so, you know, and I don't think there's anyone in your role across the globe that's as good as looking as you are. So you have that also going for you. But, no, I I enjoyed the heck out of it. I You know I think the world of you, and I can't wait to Same. see some of the stuff that you guys, I know you and Jess and uh, Tracy are savages, and I can't wait to see what you guys come up with. I can tell you this, Keaton. We're, we're going to have some stuff coming out that's going to blow people away, I guarantee you. So if you're out there, you're listening – Follow us on Instagram. Check us out on LinkedIn. TikTok. You're doing the whole TikTok thing. We're there. Look us up. Turner Mining Group. You can find us. I love us. that. I love so, that. So, like, the 40-year-olds that are listening, TikTok is a new thing. You got to get on it. It's, it's a little bit weird, <laughs> but it's taken off, right? It's the next thing, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm over 40. I'm on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it good. is. It is, yeah. All right, brother. Well, I appreciate Old. it. We'll... Uh, We'll we'll end here so that we don't get yelled at by Tracy. So I love you. Can't wait to can't wait to do this again. For sure. Thanks, brother. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Hope you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast. This is a new thing for us. So leave a review, give us your thoughts, and if you haven't already, tell a friend.